Hello, everyone, and welcome on into another episode of Betting the High Line, your go-to destination for all things soccer, gambling-related, breaking down the spreads, the totals, the goal lines, the money line with you. As always, I'm Thomas Viola, joined by Taylor Wilson, and today joining us from the Action Network soccer contributor, Dylan Esma. How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you guys? Doing great. Thanks, uh, as always, for uh, being here with me uh, on the recorded Zoom, Dom, that everyone will hear before Turkey Day. And uh, Dylan, really excited to have you here on the show. Um, obviously, we're big fans of your work over at the Action Network, and uh, we're going to dive right into Prem. You know you know me, Tom. I love me some Prem, and a lot of interesting stuff going on in MLS, as we talked about last week, um, which, you know, we, we're, we got here in the background a couple of crazy games happening tonight. Um, but we're going to go prem uh, heavy, but how about that Nashville game first? You are very right. That was an absolute wild one. An extra time goal for Nashville puts them over Toronto in a matchup that we really didn't see coming. We talked last week with Ali Trost here on betting the high line powered by the book at sports network about, uh, Nashville's chances. And I still think that what I said holds true. This is a team that's going to do some damage. They're going to beat a couple of these teams like they now have over the past week. And then they're not quite one of those teams that's built to win it all. I think that this team is very well built, but they're built to play that bunker down counter attacking ball. That's going to confuse some teams and knock them out. But I don't think that they have what it takes to win the whole thing. However, now of course we're looking at this game going on right now. And at halftime, Philadelphia is down two to nothing. And all of a sudden you could see your top two seeds out already on the Eastern side. And maybe that opens a door for Nashville. I will say fading Philly so far right now, looking like a good move for me, but I can't wait for people to hear me saying that when they listen on Wednesday and Philly is one, three, two. So looking forward to that being not evergreen. He yeah. faded Philly. Nice work. I, I didn't see, I didn't see this one coming. Um, I did have the draw uh, in the Nashville, Nashville match earlier tonight. Um, I just thought it would be cagey and tight and Toronto would probably pull it out an extra time or penalties. Um, it's kind of how I saw the game going. Um, I've been paying attention to Nashville for a few months, and, you know, the Walker-Zimmerman addition obviously is huge. Um, like you said, they're not sexy. It's not going to be super fun most of the times. I mean, when you look at some of their score lines at home, it's a lot of 0 one type of games, which, you know, kind of kind of love just because there's no other MLS teams that really can do that um you know they they are solid defensively being a Minnesota United fan I wish we had their defense um because you know some games I'm pulling my hair out but but yeah I kind of agree with you I mean I looked at the future with Nashville and I was like you know it's probably something I could do but is it going to cash no it's not it's it's probably good value it's probably good value and that's probably it so it was before this, uh, before the entire playoff started, they were listed at a hundred to one on DraftKings, <laughs> and oh, it, it it seems juicy if you could take that number now. But again, I still I, I'm it still with seems you. unlikely, few, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, the if, but, if there, England, but if New England beats Philly, I don't know. See, I don't know. This New England team is feisty, though. Like, I they're they're kind of scary at this point too. I, I for sure. Philly, Philly was look. Philly was a great story this year. Um, we talked about him a lot last week, but there's just something about those teams that go off in the regular season that don't have the experience this time of year in MLS, where I'm just always kind of like, 
I don't know. I don't know. But we'll see. Again, people could be listening to this and maybe they've pulled it out. Um, what what price did you get the draw at for Nashville, by the way? Plus two forty. Oh, look at that! Look at that! What a play! Nice. Yeah. So I did I did half Nashville plus a quarter on the Asian handicap and half on the draw just to nullify the loss if Nashville did win, which they probably should have won in normal time. I mean, they missed. You know, I was I was literally saying when we were going down the stretch that. Oh, they've missed like four bunny headers in the box. Oh, so Toronto's going to win one nothing then in the 90th minute. That's kind of what it felt like to me. Um, but yeah, it was good. Um, but I had Philly, and I've you know I, I did have I did have an article. Um, I do have an article on the Action Network um, breaking down Seattle and LAFC a little later. So I'm very excited to to watch that one as well. So it'll be fun. These MLS playoffs just already through the first round have been absolutely wild. It's been so much fun to watch. Do you think they should keep the single? Yes. Do you think they should keep the single? I have a future on Orlando, by the way. So I was a wreck (laughs) during that game. What'd you get him at? I got 10 to 1. All right. That's a good number. You know, Columbus crew, I thought I wanted to fade. Um, from a title perspective, Philly, I know they're famous for blowing it in big spots. And so they're okay. To me, if that's true, then the East is open. And to be honest, my portfolio in MLS over the last month or two is very straightforward. It's, you know, bet the, bet the under in Nashville, bet the pick at home, bet the pick on Orlando in pretty much every one of their games. And, you know, they, they rarely lost. I mean, that, that's kind of, that was my, those are my go-to bets for those. So, you know, I think the Orlando manager has done a really nice job. You got Nani and other guys there, their defense is underrated. I just, I thought that the West, the top teams were going to do well in the East. You know, if you were going to have a longer shot, that that's what I would have liked. And I was eyeing Orlando and Nashville and I, uh, Obviously, didn't do Nashville, but yeah, Orlando. I, you know, the only problem with that one now, though, is you know, if their if their goalkeeper got the red, he's pretty good. Just so, put, in the, put in the right back. Yeah, <laughs> that was crazy. That was crazy. Those officials, I, you know, that was that was pretty bad stuff. There. Well, the first play, so he steps but. in goal like a a deer on on ice skates, and didn't even. He was so rattled by the decision of the keeper coming off of the line that he was, he just completely froze. He's like, Oh man, I don't want to get called also for coming off right. the line. Right. One of the worst penalties you'll ever see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what was that? I mean, like outside of, I can't remember the guy's name. Do you, do you remember the Fulham penalty? Uh, Where the, no, so Fulham was playing, Fulham was playing, I think it was West Ham. Cause it was West Ham. Cause I bet him. It was Fulham West Ham. And West Ham was up one nothing. It was like penalty in literally the last minute. And this guy tries to be cute and basically just pops it. And the oh, goalkeeper man. just stood there. It was, you know, it was one of those, if you Googled it, yeah, it's just like, how did you do that? How did you take that? Penalty? It was the last play of the game. You're down one. Like you got to <laughs> kick it in the net, man. He tried to be cute. So. And that one, it was like, yeah, luckily for Orlando and for me, that guy, I don't know what he was doing. 
but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> good for me. But I mean, it was, and the- I did, I did, I did some research. So like yeah. the reason is because the new rules for this year basically say you get a warning. Well, MLS for whatever reason are going off last year's rules because they haven't implemented them. And last year's rules are automatic yellow. Wow. So that's the reason why it was given, and that's why they're backing it up. Um, that doesn't make it right, though. I mean, use the new rules. I, I mean, I, yeah. I, it, it stinks for them because, he, you know, he's a Peruvian national team's goalkeeper. He's not, not just some average goalkeeper. I mean, he's really good. When he so, was going off in that game, he made like six or seven yeah. saves. He was on fire. So really, really tough for them. Already was on a yellow before, so that's why it went off. Um, Yeah, but, you know, at the end of the day, MLS, baby. That was the most MLS thing I can remember. Yeah, It was so much fun watching those games, and I'm so excited for more of these playoffs as we go through. But right now, let's shift our focus over to the Premier League because we have another great slate this weekend. There's some good games on here, and I'm I'm liking some of this value, but let's start off uh, Friday's matchup, Crystal Palace, Newcastle United. Fellas, this is the most mediocre game of the week, in my opinion, but Palace is plus 123 as the favorite. Newcastle's a plus 250 dog, and you can get the draw at 220. There are a few contenders for that title this week, I think, Tom, but the difference in, for example, like West Brom, Sheffield United, is that's a true six-pointer at the bottom. You could already call that a relegation scrap. Crystal Palace and Newcastle are just good enough to where it's like, ah, there really aren't any stakes to this either. Um, I, as you know, have been fading Palace all year with very mixed results. Newcastle now seems like a really fun team to fade um, based on just, I, I, you know, you have players. It, it always seems like a mess at Newcastle, but you currently have a guy like Miguel Almiron who is totally fed up with the club, says that he wants to leave. Palace playing just totally uh, kind of unimaginative footy right now coming off of a terrible loss. Um, I don't like either side of this game. I, if you forced me to take either side, I still wouldn't take either side. If I do anything, I'm leaning to an underplay, maybe an under two and a half. Uh, take a look at what price you can get. If you can somehow get a plus price at under two and a half, that's an okay move, but I'm not touching this in any way. Dylan, how about you? Oh man, it is okay to pass on any game. That both that's them, what we both say of these, here. Just uh, yeah, I'll make it quick. Both of these, I mean, Crystal Palace. So I did a preview piece for the Action Network preseason, and it was basically like, yeah, Crystal Palace had the least amount of expected goals in basically all of the Prem last year, besides Norwich, who was bottom of the table. To you know, plus two hundred relegation. I you know, I, I don't think they're a good team and. You know, they're one of those maddening cases where, and I've stopped spinning against them because I've accepted the data isn't meshing with what's happening. And basically what happens is they have very low expected goals. Their defense isn't really even that good, but somehow they win games. It's it's just like, and they're one of those teams and Leicester, who I'm a fan of, they're, they're my club, but they're another example it's like if you look at their expected data, you know, and you back up penalties, they're not creating any chances. Um, and Crystal Palace, it's the same thing. But I'm not going to keep betting against them because they keep winning. They, I mean, they just they have good attacking players that take advantage of opportunities that other teams aren't taking advantage of. So, and then Newcastle. I mean, 
I really like some of their sign their the transfer window. I thought they actually did a really good job. I liked what they brought in. Um, I like Jamal Lewis, um, you know, fullback coming in from Norwich. I think he shows promise. Um, you know, Callum Wilson, I think as a striker, that's a big upgrade. But just the way the manager has them play, I don't think is advantageous for how they should play. And I don't think that's going to change until there's a change there. Um, so I'm not touching the game. I actually think I might lean over two and a quarter just because of what I've said, that Crystal Palace is going to score. Should they score? No, but, but they're going to take their chances probably. They're probably going to score one, maybe two. Newcastle, just with the amount of speed they have on the flank, I think they could counter. So I could see a 2-1 Crystal Palace win, but it's gross. You're getting- yeah, that, that's you're getting, plus, you're getting plus 118 on that over two and a half. Yeah, so I'm, I, but I'm going to pass. I just, <laughs> that's, that's how I would lay the game out, but it wouldn't be a bet for me. See, I see it as like a 1 1 leaning the under, but again, it's like I'm running away from this. I'm, I'm putting on my jogging shoes, my tracksuit, yeah. and just running the hell away from this game. There's yeah. some games you just don't have to take, and I'm with you on this one. Because also, if I bet it, I'm going to want to watch it, and why would I want to watch this game? Well, the nice thing, it's the only game on Friday. Then you, know, you got Bundesliga. Yeah. You can see, there's other stuff yeah, you, you can watch. You have it. options. You have yeah. plenty of stuff that you can do, including waiting for Saturday when Brighton and Hove Albion take on Liverpool. No surprise here. Liverpool's a minus-175 favorite. Brighton's plus-475 as the dog, and the draw's plus-320. Guys, I'm liking, I'm liking Liverpool – here not just because obviously but only minus 175 you can get them for you can get them to win this game by two goals you can get them with the minus one and a half at DraftKings, but plus 163 and i have a hard time not seeing them be able to do that they could put it in the back of the net yeah i'm doing the the coward's way out on this i'm doing the push protection liverpool minus a goal uh now, this is not, this is again not going to be one of my best bets or anywhere near it. Um, I just think the books kind of figured out this matchup more or less. Laying minus 103 on a minus one, you know me, I don't love the minus one, and yet I'm still taking it for push protection, even though I talk against it every week because it's like, why not get a plus price if you need the team to win by two goals anyway? But in this case, with, and again, just so everyone is clear, if you're listening on the Friday before these games, we're recording on Tuesday. With what's happening at Liverpool right now with the injury situation, and this is true with a few of these games right now post-international break, I'd like to get a better sense of what the matchup is. If you told me I had to lock it in right now, I think Liverpool can win the game. I want that push protection at minus a goal and close to an even price. Um, But, you know, what Liverpool did last week, let's not overstate how impressive it was with all the injuries they had you know, continuing Salah out with, with uh, COVID protocol, all of the defensive players injured, and the Diogo Jota show continues. That dude is unbelievable. Um, Liverpool, look, you know, I, I've said this all year, don't overthink the Liverpool thing. If they have all of their horses, they are still the best team in this league. That's still a big if, so I'd like to get a better sense on what the lineup is, but I think Liverpool will have no problem winning this game. Yeah, Dylan, how about I, this, this game is pretty interesting to me. I mean, you know, my opinion on Liverpool is even without Salah. And by the way, I think Salah's back. 
I think he's actually cleared. So I think he's actually supposed to play against Atalanta tomorrow. So I, I think he should be back. Um, but even if he wasn't, you know, I, I wrote a preview last week of, for back. the Liverpool Leicester game. And even without Salah, I was like, look, the way Jota's playing, they still have Mane, everyone forgot about. And Firmino, who's the best, you know, hold up striker. You know, in the Premier League, he does that really well. He can't score goals to save his life, but he's he's great at holding up play and tackling. To me, the really important thing was Fabinho playing because they're so so thin at the back, and honestly, so thin in the midfield. The attacking is not what I was concerned about. Um, you know, I, I was really happy Robertson played. Who had a sick cross for that third goal? So nice. And and then and then Fabinho playing. As long as those two are playing, I think I think they're going to win every game for a while. <laughs> um, I think they're playing really well. Um, and so if Salah's back, yeah, I and Thiago is going to be back soon. So you know the the injuries at the back are always going to be a problem. But again, if Fabinho, especially if Fabinho can stay healthy, play a makeshift center back that he's actually pretty good at, and then Thiago can fill in for him in the middle. Um, I'm pretty bullish on Liverpool. So in in this game specifically, I do think Brighton is a little underrated. Um, If you look at their underlying metrics, they should have scored more goals than they have. So kind of the flip side of Crystal Palace, they don't have those finishers on their team they set them up and then they just you know sky them or you know so um i would i would agree i think if i was gonna bet it i would bet just the minus one because i kind of think liverpool wins you know three to one maybe um my my i would also play the over over to 2.75 i think looks pretty good on the asian handicap um, so I think two and a half is pretty juicy, and three is at plus money. I would play over two and three quarters just for kind of what I stated. I think Liverpool is good for at least two, and if anything, their weakness is at the back. On top of that, they play Atalanta tomorrow, so that's, you know, playing – I know it's at home, but they still have a, a game on Wednesday, and then they, you know, play again in a pretty short turnaround versus Brighton. A little more time off, so they'll be fresh. And um, yeah, I would put it over. That quarter ball is interesting enough. I a quick note on Liverpool, just like in the macro sense, and we've Tom and I have talked about this this year. Like, I think they're an interesting case for <clears throat> the bot. You know, we talk about in journalism, for example, the bot, the biggest bias that journalists have is toward narrative. And I think the same thing happens in gambling. Like people want a new story. People want something new to grasp onto. I think there's a little bit of this happening with Tottenham, which we can talk about in a little bit. Great team as well. But um, Liverpool is still really good. You know, people want to shake it up, but it's like sometimes the team that was really good before is still really good. So just always take a breath when you're like, oh, like I'm trying to find the diamond in the rough. Sometimes it's right there in front of you. Yeah. Hey. Just for your American fans, it's kind of like, oh, Trevor Lawrence got hurt for Clemson. Oh, they might not be good anymore. It's like, no, Fifty's pretty still good. Clemson. Still have a pretty good recruit in there. Still really smart coaching staff, surrounded by other great athletes. I kind of think Liverpool's kind of plug and play. 
I mean, you know, Diego Jota is now, you know, he might be the best player on the team. And last year, you know, that's not through. They were missing Salah. Could you even tell they were missing Salah? I couldn't. I mean, they pushed. For three years in a row now, you've been able to pick between like six players for Liverpool's best player. And also Klopp might be the best manager in the world. So it's a nice situation for them. Yeah. I'm with you guys. I think that the rumors of Liverpool's demise have been greatly exaggerated. But right now, let's talk about a demise that might not be as exaggerated because they have not looked very good as of late. Manchester City is going to have a real good shot to get right against Burnley, though, this week. City, a prohibitive minus 625 favorite versus Burnley's 15-1 to dog in the draw, plus 700. Uh, maybe a look at the over, given how many Manchester City normally likes to store. But this team, this team hasn't looked that great this season, but I still don't. I still don't think there's anything you can take in this game. Tricky one. If you look at this series, for years now, City and Burnley games have been complete blowouts in the direction of City. Uh, 11 games in a row, all comps, Burnley without a win. I think only one draw in that stretch. Now, having said that, if you look at just kind of the immediate recent form, Burnley is doing a little bit of the kind of Burnley thing again. Now, you take the Chelsea game out where they lost 3-0 and looked absolutely dreadful. Other than that, have only given up one goal in four. So, again, extrapolating Chelsea, one goal in those four. One of those was a late goal against Tottenham. All the other games in the last five have been clean sheets for them. They're kind of getting back to that Sean Dyche kind of brutalism, right? Like where it's just like we're just going to be – Uh, make the game as gross as possible, frustrate the opponent, and try to get the clean sheet. And they have one of the best, most underrated keepers in the world in Nick Pope that helps them get that done as well. Um, The problem is, even in years where Burnley has been good defensively all season, that hasn't translated in this fixture against Man City. So uh, the books have kind of figured that out as well. I, I I haven't seen a number yet that I love for City on this. So as of now, I'm in the no touch zone. I don't know what you feel, Dylan. Yeah, it's a tough, I mean, I think it's city or pass. And I love, you know, I don't know if anyone's ever said this. I love Burnley. I, I, you know, I'm a fan of how they do things. I know most people hate it. Most people are like, this is really boring. This is, you know, they don't do anything. Um, I just think that manager, you know, is, you know, he's just kind of a badass and that's how they play. And, you know, I, I think the win um, you know, this past Monday, um, you know, they won in expected goals, which Burnley never does. When Burnley gets a result, it's like, you know, oh, the other team had 1.3 expected goals and Burnley had 0. 0.4 expected goals, but somehow they won one to nothing. Like, that's usually how a, a Burnley win happens. Um, and Monday, you know, they did, you know, they beat Crystal Palace and won the expected goal. So I do think they're playing better. Um, I think, Tarkovsky and Ben Mee at the back when they, since they got those guys back, I think they're much better defensively. Um, and I do think against lower mid table teams and even fraudulent upper table teams, like, I don't know, Arsenal, they could win. They could beat those teams, but, but city, there's just a quality gap. And, you know, even if Burnley's playing well, I mean, city beat them, you know, to me, you got to bet City here if you're doing anything. Minus two and a half plus 130 would be the bet that stuck out to me if I had to. Right. Um, 
and I do think Burnley could go on a bit of a run here. And I know City are down, but I just can't get that head-to-head history out of, out of my head. Because well, so. that's that's the question, though. Is like, so you're 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 talking about minus two and a half goals. I think you just said, right? Yep. Because I'm I'm just wondering like how because that's not a great price for a minus two and a half goal line, but it does seem sensible yeah. enough. Um, I'm just wondering if you just keep extending that. Cause, like, you look at 5-0 and 4-1 last year. If you try to touch a 3, if you try to get a 3.5, if you just kind of go crazy with it. Uh, but, yeah. I, again, I'm, I'm saying this to someone who's not touching the game. So, <laughs> I'm just mon- monopoly money for me. But I, The only reason I say it is because they beat them by 3, like, every meeting for the past, like, 6 meetings. And so, it's like, yeah, it's not a great price, but it's plus 130, and it has happened. You know, it's not like, not like you're going out on a limb, really. I mean, you're getting plus 130 for something that has happened consistently, you know, over the last multiple meetings. So, again, it, it wouldn't be my favorite play. But if I had to bet it, um, you know, they're minus 2,500 on the pick. You know, I wouldn't lay that juice. <laughs> just a but, tiny uh, bit of juice there. Yeah, just a little. Now, guys, another game that I would not touch with a 10-foot pole this week, Everton going up against Leeds. Everton's minus 106. Leeds is plus 270 in the draw, plus 280. Over over two and a half goals on DraftKings is giving you minus 157. That would probably be your best bet given the form that both of these teams have been in. Yes, Leeds played to a scoreless draw with Arsenal their last time out, but before that for them, 4-1 loss to Palace, 4-1 loss to City. 3-0 3-0 win over Villa. Meanwhile, Everton, though, the only thing that concerns me, they played very well in the first half against Fulham last week. They won the game 3-2 but gave up two goals and very nearly could have lost, dropped those points and gotten the draw. And then they've been on a slide since then. A 3-1 loss to United before that, a 2-1 loss to Newcastle, a 2-0 loss to Southampton, and then, of course, the game that you thought might have been able to could have built something off of the 2-2 draw at Liverpool. That's their last five. I want to bet Everton. They're my team. I'm a fan, but I just don't think that I can trust them yet. I need to see them play a couple more games and get a little more stability down. James Rodriguez and Yeremina have been questionable for Colombia, and they've kind of fallen off a little bit for Everton too, and I think we need to see them turn it around before we can feel comfortable betting on them again. Bahamas testicle injury, I'm telling you, it keeps keeps hampering, man. Uh, I I don't like Everton's defense really at all. Um, I I think Leeds on any given day is capable of giving up a ton of goals too. So that over is sensible enough. Um, you know, going to that Leeds Arsenal game, I thought Leeds played really well. I know that people are going to say, oh well, Arsenal was down to ten men. Leeds was a better team in that game even before Arsenal went down to 10 men, and especially once they did, Leeds should have scored two or three times. I think they hit the the woodwork three times in the second half in that game. Um, It's it's a fun team. You know, this Leeds story continues to be fun even when they're not getting the results. Anytime I see them on the fixture list, I'm trying to tune in. I think this will be a high entertainment match, Um, and I know I've been Mr. No Touch today. I kind of lean that way in this one as well. Because it's just very, very hard to predict. Although, Tom, I think I might follow you on the over, just kind of thinking it through here aloud with you guys. Um, because sometimes, you know, you see, oh, wow, a nil-nil leads coming off of. But that game was not a nil, a typical nil-nil game. Um, yeah. It had a lot of weirdness to it. And I think Leeds continues to create enough chances against this Everton defense. And Everton, of course, with what Dominic Calvert-Lewin is doing and what they can do going forward can score goals as well. So I'll probably follow you on that over. 
I'm having a hard time re- getting a read on Leeds here. Um, you know, I I think they were good, and now they're, you know, it 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 just depends on the match, and I think they're pretty poor defensively, and um, the striker Bamford um, is one of the better surprises of the season. Um, he's a really talented. I think he's actually leading the Premier League in expected goals. Um, not goals, but expected goals. So he's not taking chances where he should. But I mean, I, you know, I think he's an exciting player. Um, offensively, they're, they're just poor. Um, so I don't know if I could I could back them until I see more consistency. Because like the Crystal Palace game, the fact that they lost to Crystal Palace was it four to one, three to one. Hang on one I mean, second, I'll have that number That's for a you. bad loss, man. So, you know, it's – but like I'm saying, you know, they play an attacking style. Bamford's going to have three, four good chances. They're bad defensively. Everton with Ancelotti, he's not trying to get top six. He's trying to definitely get top four because, you know, that's a big-time manager. He wants to be in Champions League for sure. So, so I – I don't think there's going to be a situation, you know, they're going to go for it. I don't think Everton's going to play for a drive. You'd see a, a one-to-one. If it's one-to-one, you know, I think Everton is a type of squad that, you know, they'll go for it. So I, I wouldn't worry about a one-to-one draw, which is where a lot of these, um, these, all these overs go to die. But so I would probably, I'm probably with you guys on that, just mainly because we defensively are so poor. And Everton defensively have actually taken some steps back here. So I would agree. I would also. I also. You know. I would. I would also probably play Everton at that cheap price. I think. Um, so it's like a slight lean minus one hundred six yeah. or so. Is that what, still what? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I would. I think I would. I personally think I would play that. I know I might. I might hedge and play, and I do do this just to kind of spread out the variance of soccer betting. So I might do minus a quarter, pay a little more. And you know, take the half loss on a draw um, with that tight of a of a money line. I might do something like that, J- just because I, you know, I don't think leads are that good. I, I think they're fun, but my 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 concern with my concern isn't so much with leads. I we I, as it is with Everton. They've been tough to get a read on. They've been really streaky, going hot and cold. And I think I want one more game out of them where I see them looking good before I start jumping back in on betting them. That being said, I like that number two. Now it is, I think it's cheap. I mean, it is cheap. And, and they're not, I mean, if it was minus one twenty, I'd yeah. be like, well, that's too it's high. But, but if it's, if it's minus one ten or below, I mean, Everton are definitely the better team. So I, I think that's a good price personally. And they're getting their guys back. I mean, when they went on that rough stretch, they really didn't have their yeah. guys, right? And so if if you've got Richarlison back and you've got Calvert-Lewin and you've got Thomas Rodriguez and you've got Alan in, in the midfield and all those guys are playing, you know, I think that kind of rough stretch they went on was more to do with the injuries, and they're not deep squads ever, Jan. It's not Man City. So if, if they are missing two to three of their best players, it's going to, you know, they're going to look like a mid-table side. 
So, yeah, that would be my read on that one. Dylan, I always love to hear somebody talk uh, talk nice about Everton. It's been a long, <laughs> long, tough road for us as Evertonians. And I, I don't know. I, I want to feel. I want to believe in this team. That strong start they got off to was good. I, I really hope that they can back, get back to that now that they're a healthy squad. But right now, let's go to the bottom of the barrel, the basement, the battle of the basement in the Premier League as we have West Brom going up against Sheffield United. Oh, God. God, yeah, that 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 said all you needed to hear. There. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, probably a pass. anything. Yeah. Yeah. West Brom under, plus one under. I, I I like that idea. Let's see. Let, let me just check what yeah, that means. I, I haven't the, looked at the numbers, the, but the, it has to be just brute. I would assume the books have nailed where you have to take a minus, an under one and a half or something. To I was gonna oh. say, what's the, what's the zero zero score yeah, line? Yeah. Zero zero yeah, under exact two, or the exact nil nil exacta. Uh, uh, under under a goal scored in the game is plus seven hundred. Ooh, interesting, interesting for sure. Interesting for hmm. sure. Because I, I mean Sheffield. I mean, can, can we can we swear? Yeah, you know, <laughs> keep it. Keep it. I mean, they, I won't swear. They suck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could throw. I mean, you could throw they do suck. Yeah. Sheffield just suck. Like that. I'm, that's really. I don't know if there's any more analysis needed. They can't score. Like, and West Brom are bad, but they're actually they've actually improved defensively. So I, I mean, and West and Sheffield are good defensively still. Well, so, the bag, I mean, the Baggies have, like, Pereira, um, Diangana. Like, they have some interesting kind of individual playmakers. They just don't really yeah. link up that well. Like, if you put the, some of those guys on other teams, I think they would be more interesting. Um, I, the Sheffield United yeah. thing is weird because, you know, they were one of the great stories last year, obviously. Uh, you know, the, the double promotion in recent years up from League One through the championship up to the Prem. And then suddenly, like, no one could touch this weird system where center backs were getting forward into the into the penalty area, overlapping with one another. It was just this kind of, like, intricate, weird thing that a lot of people hadn't seen. And then kind of the second time through the fixtures, teams started to figure it out a little bit. Um, and that has certainly translated into this year. Chris Wilder, with everything that he's done as their manager, it almost seems like, they won't be able to fire him. So they won't even be able to get like a new injection in January or February. Not that it would really matter with the talent that they have on this team, but sometimes no matter what the team is, if you can get a new manager, it's the way to survive the Prem. I don't think they're going to do that. Right. I think them and Burnley will hold on to their guys. West Brom and Fulham may be a little bit more interesting to see uh, a change being made if things keep going south. Just looking at the bottom of the table really quick, and, and this is more of kind of like a future conversation, this is an astonishing stat. I, Dylan, you might already know this, but um, let me pull this up here. So basically, there are these four teams at the bottom. We all like to talk about, oh, the Prem has all this parity. But right now, there are four very bad teams at the bottom. Burnley, West Brom, Sheffield United, and Fulham. Two of them are playing in this game. Um, now, before Burnley's win on Monday, those teams against the top 15 in the league had zero wins in 26 games. Okay? <laughs> so... That's now, that's now one win because of the Burnley win. Uh, Burnley. In that same stretch, they had only one draw. So they had zero wins and one draw against the top 15 in 26 games. That's one point from 78 possible points. It's absolutely astonishing how bad 
those four teams have been. Um, now, the good news is occasionally you have to play each other. <laughs> so that's the case in this one. Um, a true six-pointer, this is the type of game where you look back, like going into the final match day, you know, if both of these teams are still like fighting for their lives. They'll look back to this game and whoever won it, if there is a winner. But I just, I have zero read. I, you know, maybe the draw, if, if you want to do that. And maybe, as we said, we, we pair a draw bet with, uh, with a nil-nil and, and kind of, just go all in on that, but I don't know. Draw's only 215, though. That stinks. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, look, again, betting the draw is not that much fun either, but, you know. Yeah, I hate, I hate betting draws. It's my least favorite thing to do. You, you want – Go ahead. It's, it's human nature. You need, you need a winner. You need a conclusion. You want to root for a conclusion. You don't want to root for that. Jeez, we're yeah, so you, just root, you, you root against, you know, uh, one, of, one, of, uh, one of the podcasts I listen to, uh, Gil, Gil Alexander, he'll use the phrase, he's rooting against human achievement. Yeah. And that's just, it's just a perfect way to describe it. Yeah. Just like, oh, you know, Burnley's playing Crystal Palace, you know, nobody score, nobody even get close. Everyone just like fall over, play in the middle third. It's just, it's not, it's just not fun. Just right in the um, center circle, pass it around, nothing else. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. I mean, I will say about the bottom, if you would have told me that I thought Fulham were better than Sheffield a month ago, I would have said you were crazy, but I do. I think Fulham actually have some stuff. Like, I think, I think they could, I think Burnley and them, I would say they're going to avoid relegation. And I think, I think West Brom Sheffield will get relegated and then there will be a third team that drops below. And I would bet that Fulham and, and Burnley don't get relegated. Those would, that would be my take. And the reason is I think Fulham have, has a really good goalkeeper. I think they have a pretty good manager. Um, it, they have a good striker. I mean, he's one of those guys that, you know, he's just a blockhead, but he's, he's really big, he's physical. He can, you know, he can score when you serve it to him. So I, you know, and frankly, they should have definitely drawn with West Ham. I mean, and West Ham is one of those kind of up and coming teams. So I don't hate Fulham. Um, now that's not the game we're talking about, but I'm just talking about the, uh, the bottom of the table. So like Fulham, I don't know. I, I, I could see, I could see them. I'm not saying they're going to jump up, but I think they'll probably avoid relegation as far as this game. Like I said, Lean West Brom, can I bet it? No, I can't. If anything, I would take a shot on an alt under. A much a much better game coming up, though. Battle between number five and number 10 in the table, but really, if you had told us that would be the case at the beginning of the season, we would not have guessed who was in which spot. Southampton sits in fifth, and they're going to take on 10th place Manchester United. United still a pretty good favorite, though, at minus 106. Southampton a two ninety dog, nearly getting three to one there, and the draw plus two sixty. Yeah, both of these teams. So I, I, I as I've mentioned on this show, um, Dylan, I have some pre-flop, pre-season uh, Southampton futures. I had them to finish top ten, and also a flyer on top six at ten to one. Um, well right, right now, obviously that looks good, but I, I does feel a little bit like Southampton's going to have some peaks and valleys during the year. 
Um, I do like what's happening with that midfield with kind of James Ward-Prowse finding his own, discovering the player that I, I think a lot of Southampton fans had hoped that he could be for years. Romeu can kind of be the defensive player, and he now has the freedom to go a little bit further forward. I really did think, though, that a lot of that bet would hinge on the success of Danny Ings. You know, we talk about Burnley, former Burnley great Danny Ings was incredible putting the ball in the back of the net for Southampton last year. And here he is not playing for several weeks now due to injury. And they're still getting results. You know, Shea Adams is stepping up. Theo Walcott, of all people, is stepping up. And some of it makes sense. Some of it is a little bit astounding to me. But talk about astounding. On the other side, Manchester United, they're a team that is so hard to get a consistent read on week to week. Comfortable win in the Champions League after losing in Turkey before beating Everton, narrowly beating West Brom over the weekend. It still feels a little bit like they have enough firepower, you know, and Bruno Fernandes might be one of the best players in the league to do something and kind of compete for the top four. But right now, they're not one of my four favorite teams in the league. And this is the type of game that really scares me to take them in. So I love the value. I'm going Southampton plus 290. Ooh, I like it. I love it. I mean, Man United, I, you know, they'll like lose to a team from Istanbul in the Champions League and then they'll spank RB Leipzig. I, I mean, it's just like, it's just, yeah, just Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. It's just like, which one are you going to get? I mean, it, and at this point, yeah, I mean, I, I do like how Southampton's playing, though. I mean, you know, I don't I don't usually take big dogs unless, unless there's a specific reason. So I would probably take plus a half here um, instead of the plus, plus 290. Just that's just not my style. The, the the big upset, I do it pretty rarely. Um, I did do it last weekend with AC Milan, but I but with Southampton, I do like the way they're playing. If Man United come to play, they'll win. But they don't always come to play, so that's that's kind of the mental handicap you have to figure out, and that's pretty difficult. Exactly. That's so. That, that's the gamble you're rolling with Man United. You're rolling those dice, and I don't think I want to roll them when I'm paying any any amount of juice. I want to be getting plus money to roll that, you know? Yeah, so maybe the plus 290 makes something. And, you know, it's like since you're rolling the dice, might as well get a get a good get a good payout. Um, but and, and the other thing, too, with Man United is they play better against teams that attack them. So for a team that, kind of sits in and frustrates them and makes them put a bunch of crosses in. That's not where they excel. They excel against you know, Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, where Liverpool attacks them. They can make stops on defense and they can counter with their speed because they do have a lot of speed in the attacking. But they almost – and this, this a lot of this is from last season, but, you know, they struggled against a team they shouldn't have. And they're just like, okay, they're packing it in. Can Man United get one? And sometimes, you know, that's just not a that's just not a strength of theirs, and that comes out of the manager. The manager is a he's a man manager, and tactically, I don't think he knows what he's doing. Well, it seems pretty clear what the ceiling like. The ceiling is only so high with with Solskjaer. I don't I don't yeah. know. Eventually, 
the idea with a club like Manchester United, who at this point haven't won the Prem since 2013, the idea is like they're going to become Manchester United again at some point. But that has been – there have been two things that have gotten United's way over the last like more than half decade. It's been transfer policy, just some huge swings and misses, and then also the manager uh, uh, turnstile where they're not able – they go from – possibly the best manager in English soccer history in Sir Alex Ferguson to, you know, David Moyes and, and now into this situation with, um, with a former player where it's like, like you say, like some players, and, and this is the thing with the man manager, you need everyone to kind of like that personality. And it doesn't necessarily seem like he has the, maybe the Paul Pogba faction of the locker room as much as in the past. Um, and there are yeah. so many big personalities on that team. So I don't know. I don't, I don't like United for any kind of like big picture bet. And that means futures. That means all that. But I also like in a given week, if I'm getting the right value, I'm fine taking them. I just don't think the books are giving me that price that I'm looking for ever with Manchester United. So I'm not trying to bet them really at all right now. One, one final note on this game. Southampton is three and zero in their last three at home, but Manchester United, four and one in their last five away games. So take that with a grain of salt and figure it out as you will. Biggest game of the weekend, in my opinion. It's, it's got to be the marquee matchup when you think about it. Chelsea, Tottenham. Chelsea's going plus 107 as the favorite. The draw is plus 245. Tottenham's a plus 265 dog. This game's at Stamford Bridge. Guys, what are you looking for here? Because to me, my draw senses are tingling. And I know we don't like to bet the draw, but. I'm, I'm kind of feeling it here because I think this is two of the better teams in the league. I have a bet that both of you are going to hate. So I'm going to leave that. Dylan, go ahead. I'm going to, I'll leave it for after. Oh, no, 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 no. You're going. What, what is it? I'm, so I'm dying. I, I don't like, I don't like any, any side in this. I'm actually looking, you know, everyone's going to talk about Son. Everyone's going to talk about Kane. Um, the, the Chelsea thing is really, and I say this as a Chelsea fan, the Chelsea thing is interesting right now because they are, Playing as well as really anyone on the continent, they're continuing to get results. The big question mark before this season was the defense, and it seemingly has been fixed. But it's easy to get into this false sense of confidence when you really haven't been playing anyone, right? You talk about crushing Burnley, you talk about crushing Sheffield United, you talk about cleanly winning against Newcastle, uh, and even these games in the Champions League. I mean, the draw is looking so easy for Chelsea, how it's panning out uh, in that Champions League group. They've already clinched now qualification to the round of 16. Um, I'm looking to the managers, though. You're, look, you're talking about Jose Mourinho against his former disciple, Frank Lampard, who was the midfield general in his own system when Lampard was playing for Chelsea. And I kind of think both managers are going to have the same approach in this game. We know what Mourinho does in the big games. We saw it just a week ago with when we're talking just a few days ago against Manchester City. It's the, you don't need a lot of shots. You don't even necessarily need a lot of the ball, but you defend well, you aggravate your opponent. And more than anything, you be an effective, dangerous, punchy, counterattacking team. I think that's how Mourinho approaches this game. And I also think that's how Frank Lampard approaches this game. If you look at how he has gone after the big game, so quote unquote, this season, the Liverpool matchup, the um, Manchester United matchup, I kind of think he got it right before both of those games. It just didn't work out. In the Liverpool game, it was an Andreas Christensen red card that threw the entire game plan out the window. Liverpool wins by a couple of goals. In the Manchester United game, Chelsea should have won 1-0. It was a penalty shout that didn't go their way. Harry Maguire's 
brings Cesar Azpilicueta to the ground. Somehow VAR doesn't overturn it, and uh, it ends up being nil-nil. I bet the over in that game, so I'm now doing a reactionary uh, move, I guess, more than anything out of fear and realizing I think both managers are going to approach this game the same way. I think it's going to be cagey. I think we're all going to be excited as it, you know, the game of the weekend. It's going to be incredible. All these exciting attacking players, and I'm going under two and a half at a plus price. Now, I will say, I don't think this is where the public is going to move, so I'm kind of thinking about waiting for a few days. We're talking here on Tuesday. I think I can get a better price right now. It's only at plus 108, so it's already a bet that I think a lot of people will yell at me about. Um, I'd rather get a slightly better price, Uh, maybe even see if there's something at three goals flat to give me a little bit of protection there. But for now, I like some sort of an underplay, and that's what I'm eyeing. Yeah, I don't hate it. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I don't. I, I would. I actually. I actually think that's what I would have said. Yeah, I. I think. I have a. I have a thought. But I don't think I saw it on DraftKings, so I don't know. What, what's the over under on yellow cards? Because I think if it's. Four and a half, I would go over. Um, now again, I you know I don't use, with DraftKings. I I don't know the site super well, so maybe you guys could find it. Um, with that kind I'm of, I'm not. Stuff. I'm not seeing anything on uh, yellow okay. cards often for this game. Yeah, so I would I would have to look into it at some maybe another option but i do think i love that by the way i love that. i i think i think jose is gonna be like you know and i don't know if you guys watch that all or nothing series but it's it's like a quote from that series all right we're gonna sit in and then we're gonna bleep him on the break that's what this is gonna be exactly and i think he's gonna be like look this is my old club we hate them I'd love to see some dirty fouls. I'd love to, I, I think that's what, I think this is what this is going to be. And if, and if it's tied late, these teams, you know, it's a, it's a top four matchup. So there's, I, I think there's going to be some cards. I, I would, I might play, look somewhere. Um, and if it's, what do you think it would be? Three and a half, four and a half. What would you three and a half. Yeah, so if I'd it's play three and a half. Yeah, I, I, I like the logic though. I mean, I think the logic is spot on. I want to see if if maybe you know you look at those coaching boxes. If Lampard and Mourinho get a little feisty on the sideline, um, yeah, it's going to be very very interesting to watch. Also, just the reaction. You know, we live in this take culture. Like whatever happens to this game, it it's going to be all of the talking points next week. Um, especially as as far as like you know the season as a whole, right? If it's this feisty. 1-1 draw where both teams kind of look ugly and are fouling each other all over the field. Um, the narrative is going to be, hey, Liverpool is going to win the title again. If Spurs keep doing what they've been doing, if Harry Kane is playing out of his mind and Chelsea's defense suddenly looks totally exposed again, it's, hey, it's a Liverpool-Spurs title race and vice versa if Chelsea comfortably wins. So it's that type of game, right, where it kind of changes the entire narrative of the whole season. Now, yeah. Spurs were a team – Spurs were a team I missed very badly on. I did not think they were going to be this good this season. It's it's kind of been a surprise effect of the Jose Mourinho ball. They this is the this is the apex. They are playing very well. 
Next year, you're going to see the team start to sour on him because Jose can't stay anywhere long enough. But another team that I missed in the opposite direction was Arsenal. I had this team picked to go second in the league when, we, uh, when the season started. Yeah, I thought that they were going to be very good. Instead, this team heads to Wolves as a team that has zero business being where they are. You look at their metrics, their expected goals – this is a team that should be in the relegation fight right now. They're playing that poorly. And I'm going all Wolves in this game. That is that, – that Wolves are plus 285. Arsenal's plus 106. The draw is plus 230. And I like Wolves because, like we said earlier, this Arsenal team has not been good. So keep in mind, though, two of, these are two of the top – of the six worst XG teams in the league. Now, part of that with Wolves is kind of the way that they play. Um, not a lot of the ball, very counterattacking, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the, the wolf story is constantly interesting to me. I think Nuno is a really good manager, very underrated manager with what he's done with that team. As we mentioned earlier, them losing Jota should have been a massive loss. Um, uh, Podence has now come into that team and been solid. Raul Jimenez is still one of the best goal scorers in the league and defensively they're sound. Arsenal though feels similar to Manchester United in that they've recovered fairly well when the dips happen to kind of come right back up again, I think Arteta is a solid manager. I, I, you know, I can kind of understand the logic of them doing well when you're thinking about them preseason, just looking at like, Oh, they have maybe a player of the year candidate in Obama Yang Arteta at least has ideas. I disagree with a lot of them, you know, but at least it's a manager that's trying to get the team and identity, even when it's not working. Um, all that being said, I would probably play the draw. I know we've mentioned not liking the draw, um, I, this feels one, one ish to me. You can get it for plus two thirty. not going to be one of my best bets of the week, but that would be the move I would take here. I mean, how's Arsenal going to score? Yeah. That yeah, was another I mean, question. I, I mean, Aubameyang, what, I mean, is he okay? Well, he, he they, was the golden boot favorite at the start of the year, by the way. I mean, he looks lost and I don't think, you know, he got his payday, but I kind of put that on Arteta. I mean, I, I, I think he needs to figure out a way for the rest of the team to get him the ball where he needs the ball. And I, I kind of think it's, it more has to do with the midfield than it has to do with Aubameyang. And they're just not getting him the ball in his spots because he, he didn't forget how to shoot. He's just not getting the opportunity. So uh, to me, that's something that Mikel's got to figure out. Um, but my, you know, wolves, here's how you bet wolves. And it's not going to work every time, but you bet the first half under, and then you bet them live at halftime because they score all of their goals in the 60 to 90th minute. There's like one game. They they went up two nothing on Sheffield early. Other than that, they don't score in the first half. They don't. I mean, even like Southampton, they gave up a goal and it was one to nothing. But, I mean, Wolves don't score in the first half. So what I would do, if you're looking for a juicy price and, and you like Wolves or maybe you like the draw, um, but if you, can get, if you can get under one and a quarter first half or under one at plus money, I think that's a great bet in pretty much every Wolves game outside of them playing the top three to four teams. For a game like this, that's what I would do. I would bet the under first half if it's plus money at one or one and a quarter. 
Um, and then if I liked Wolves in the game, I would look to bet them live 55th, 60th minute. Um, and that's so what happened. That's what happened in the Southampton game. It was, you know, you, and actually, I think I'm misremembering. I think it was zero to zero at halftime. And, and I, I think I bet the over one and a half at plus 160 and it ended one to one. So just, that's kind of how I would play this if you like Wolves. I wouldn't bet it pregame because I think it'll get better probably live. Um, so that's kind of my big play would be the under first half. And then I... Under first half is like minus 340 at one and a half. <laughs> what? That's what I'm seeing here from... Uh, I-, I might be reading it wrong, but I'm looking on DraftKings right now. Yeah, and so first can, total goals first half yeah. under minus one and a half, minus three forty five. So do they? So do they offer like an under one, like an under instead of one and a half? Do they offer under one? No, they're just giving you. Uh, they're giving you under point five, one and a half, and two and a half. Okay. Um, let me, you're just saying in general some of those post flop moves. I mean, I yeah. with Wolves last year, especially post restart, I basically did the exact same thing, Dylan. I did. Except my twist was I would do the first half unders, which I was a big fan of, for example, in Burnley. I did a lot of Burnley just in general unders as well, but full game unders. But, um, and then I would take a lot of exactas after Wolves scored. I would try some one nils and all of that because you could often get a plus price. And it's like, oh, this feels like it's going to happen after they've scored in the 67th minute, as you said. So, um, yeah, I think all of that is sound advice. It sounds like from what Tom just said that the books have caught up to a little bit of that first half betting advice, but. Well, it's, it's just the line they're offering though. So, so cause I've never, I've never bet under one and a half. It's always at certain books under one, under one and a quarter. If you could do Asian handicap in the first half, cause yeah, one and a half. Yeah. It's going to be too expensive. So yeah. I, if you could find, you know, wherever. Yeah. Yeah, if you can find an Asian handicap on the first half, that's, you know, it, it just depends on what you can find, right? So, I mean, but Wolves to me are kind of frustrating. I know they're in a good spot in the table, but they're just kind of frustrating to watch. Like, why does it take them 60 minutes? I don't yeah. – can one of you explain of that ball. to me? They don't have enough of the ball. They play, they're just – they're playing just pure, like, let's hit them on the break – um, let's try some of the pat, like you think about what, like a player that I thought would really hurt them losing this year was Matt Doherty, who last season was just like this classic, like nouveau fullback wing back on the break, super fast. who could hit you with long passes and just find Jimenez kind of tracking the defenders would get on the break with a through ball and then score. Um, now there's no reason why they can't do that earlier in game. So I don't really have an, ar- uh, an argument for yeah. that, but they just do not have a ton of the ball, which is part of it. It's definitely a new no strategy because yeah. I mean, they like flip a switch. I mean, it's like, it's like 55th minute. They get all the possession and they just attack, 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 attack. And, and it's not like, it's not like one or two attacks. It's like they take control of the game. The other team can't even get the ball sometimes with wolves. So to me, that's, it's totally a tactical thing that he's doing and it's working, so I guess I can't hit on it. My question would be, why can't you do that, like, for more of the game? But, I mean, but to me, yeah, I think that's totally a tactical thing. Um, I don't know what's going on with the Dama. He's had, he's had kind of a tough year. Um, I don't know if it's 
rookie quarter, you know, second year quarterback in the NFL syndrome where these teams <laughs> have more film and they know how to defend him now. And he's got to add some moves and he's got to change things up a little bit. Cause he's been, you know, I, he's been much less important this year than he was last year. Yeah, he so, could kind of hang out in the shadows out. last season. He came off the bench a lot. Like, that super sub role is so different than when you're out there and it's like, hey, Adama, we need you to be, like, the second or third most important player of our attack from the get-go. I think that's a very different role. Um, and, again, it's why, like, losing Doherty and Jota in the same offseason I thought would really hurt them. I wonder – Wolves is one of these teams where it's like I wonder what they're – on the board level in the front office level, like what are their goals? Like what, what do they, cause they're not, they're probably not going to make it back to Europa league. I mean, they could, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I would imagine, especially looking at those player sales and this will be frustrating if you're a Wolves fan, but it's like, Hey, we just want to be a prem team for the next decade. Yeah. It doesn't matter if we're winning anything. It doesn't matter if we're in Europe. We just want that money to keep coming in. We're going to sell some players and just keep being a stable premier league team. The problem with that, though, is is Raul is Raul Jimenez. Is he going to be okay with that? I doubt it. <laughs> I mean, but I, I, mean, I would I would assume he'd be one of the guys they sell in the next year, though. Yeah. Now, I mean, he. I think he wants. To, I think he's a. I think that he's an ambitious player. I don't think that's going to work for him. So I. That's good yeah, guys. for them, but. Now, guys, two games left on the docket here. We have Leicester going up against Fulham, and this is a game that I really like. Leicester minus a goal and a half at plus one forty-five. I see. I don't see what you see in this Fulham team, Dylan. I am not really high on them, and I'm very high on Leicester right now. I, I don't see a reason they can't win this game by two goals. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know. I'm not saying Fulham can beat Leicester. I'm just saying, like, compare it. If I'm looking at the bottom. Compared to the bottom four. I'm looking at, like, the bottom four, bottom six. Like, which one of them do I think can kind of pull the Aston Villa and avoid relegation and they can pick up some results against the bottom eight? I think I don't think Fulham are that bad. Um, Leicester, I'm a Leicester fan. I love Leicester. Um, Jamie Vardy's probably my favorite. He's definitely my favorite player in the Prem. Um, I agree. I think they're going to win the game. Um, and I, and I, I could see them winning by two as well. I, their advanced data kind of concerns me a little bit. So, I mean, ba basically, like, a ton of their goals have come for penalties. So if you back out their penalties, their created chances per game is like, you know, yeah, I'm not going to give the number because, because I don't know what off the top of my head, but it's, it's pretty low. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it, it, there's like, it's like 0.8 expected goals lower if you back out penalties. So my question would be what's going on there. Um, so, but, but against Fulham, yeah, I, I would back, I would definitely back. Back Lester um, against Fulham. I don't disagree with that. I think Taylor, that's an example. I, yeah, I'm going completely your play, Tom. I think that's an example. We talk about this like minus one goal versus minus one and a half goal thing all the time. Broken record here again. But like I was looking at it initially, I was like, oh, minus one for uh, minus, uh, is it, was it 118, I believe I have written down. Um, but then it's like, you know what? you need them to win by two anyway if you're betting that yeah why bet for the push as i always say 
I'm with you. I think they're going to win this comfortably. Take the minus one and a half goal. All right, one more game to go through, then we'll give our best bets and get out of here because we're running low on Zoom time again. West Ham, Aston Villa, West Ham plus 132, Villa plus 195, the draw plus 260. Anything to look at, this is definitely not the shinier of the Monday games. Claret and Blue Derby. Uh, as Dylan told me earlier when we were chatting, um, whether or not Mikel Antonio plays for West Ham, I think is a huge decider in, in how what West Ham looks like in general. Um, but I, even with Antonio out there on the pitch, and I never in a million years would have thought I would say this about Villa, certainly did not expect to say this last season, even months ago. I like more individual players at Aston Villa right now than West Ham, which I know sounds insane, but the, the guys they brought in, Ollie Watkins has been awesome. Keeping Jack Realish, who I continue to say, just retaining him was almost like getting a new player because the expectation was that they would lose him. The new fullbacks, Matty Cash, who sounds like a mobster. It's a great name. Matt Target, um, you know, uh, Ross Barkley, my boy. Um, I just, I think when you go down the list, it's actually a fairly complete Villa team. Last year when we did it, it was problem at goalie, problem on the back line, problem in midfield because Jack Grealish can't play four different positions and problem at striker. Now it seems like all four phases of those games, I didn't even mention Emmy Martinez in goal now, all four phases now have been improved dramatically for Villa. The issue is five wins, three losses. They're a bit boomer, boomer bust right now. Um, which you could say the exact same thing about West Ham as well. So I yeah. don't blame anyone on a no touch here, but I haven't gotten in on enough of these Villa plays. I mentioned on one of those shows earlier this year that uh, Villa should cover the minus one and a half goal against Arsenal for 13 to one. Didn't take it. And of course they won that game three nil. Uh, so I'm going to go Villa on the money line plus 195 in this game. If Antonio plays, I could understand you rethinking that a little bit, but I like Villa. I like this Villa team a lot. I think they could finish in the top half of the table, which is insane considering that they should be in the championship right now. Yeah, I like the over. Um, I, you know, I think, and especially if Antonio plays, I love the over. Um, I, I think West Ham, especially against Villa, you know, I think Villa will definitely let in goals um, and West Ham, you know, with, with, with Bowen and Antonio, I think they have the players that they can score and Villa. I mean, Jack Grealish, man, I love Jack Grealish. He's so fun, of the so fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Jack Grealish. So I, you know, I would, I would go with the over. Um, if you didn't want to play the total plus two sixty draw or, you know, plus a quarter, on Villa, and I just I don't think West Ham's going to win. I, I think Villa, like you said, they're going to be up and down. But if you know, I, I, West Ham hasn't shown me enough, and maybe that's solely Antonio, and he's really really important to them. But but they've been you know Villa have impressed me more than West Ham as of late, and so yeah, so I would play over two point seven five and Villa plus a quarter would be my bets there. All right. That's going to wrap us up for the Premier League slate. I kind of like those numbers, but I, I don't know. I, may, I might be inclined to just take Villa on the money line, but we will see. We have plenty of time before Monday to get to that game with this pod drop and, of course, on Wednesday. But for now, guys, let's get through to our best bets of the week, Dylan. We normally give out our three favorite plays of the weekend. 
if yeah. you have anything, feel free to add. Uh, if you do, if you can't make it up to three, by all means, as the guest, you are more than entitled to decline. Okay, I'll let you guys go first. Sounds good. I'll start off with my first best bet of the week. I'm going Liverpool minus the half, minus the goal and a half at plus one sixty three versus Brighton. It's interesting. We we try not to uh, do the same ones. This will not quite be the same, but I'm also doing Liverpool. Although uh, in this case, I am taking the push protection. Liverpool minus one, minus one hundred three. Maybe that'll flip to plus value by the time I get it. Probably not. But Liverpool minus a goal in that same game. Dylan, how about you? Anything? Uh, yeah, I, I think. I think I think I would make the same bet. I think I would make Liverpool minus one. <laughs> hey. Yeah. All right. A lot of agreement here. Watch uh, watch this be the upset of the century coming up, coming at us this weekend. Yeah. But my second play is going to be. I'm going. I'm going back to that goal and a half. Well. I, there are a couple of teams that I like to blow out some teams in the, uh, this weekend, and Leicester's another one. Goal and a half plus 145 over Fulham. I'm, I'm taking Leicester there in the Foxes. I'm going to uh, the, well, the build best game of the weekend, Chelsea and Tottenham. Under two and a half goals, I can get a plus price right now. I think I'll get a better price if I wait a few days, which I may. Um, just both managers, KG footy, let's go. Going to be fun, going to be feisty. Under two and a half goals. I'm probably going to take something on that game, but it's not going to be my best bet. Dylan, uh, second second round? Yep, I'm going to go Everton lead over. Yeah, I'm going to go Everton lead over 2.75. Okay. I'm a big fan of that play. I think that's going to be a goal fest. Two minutes left here. Real quick through our third. I'm going Wolves all the way. Wolves are pulling the upset plus 285 on the money line. Give me them. This Arsenal team is not as good as they think. Oh, when the Saints come marching in. Southampton plus 290. Taking down Manchester United, my final best bet. All right. Some big dogs. Dylan, one more for us real quick, and then where can people find you on social? Yeah, so – Chelsea, money line plus. Oh, wow, I did not see that coming. Chelsea, money line plus, what is it, 110, 108? Around there. Right yeah, around that number. I think, I think I'm playing that. I, I think Tottenham's going to make it a game, but I kind of think Chelsea are, are going to get on a run here. All right, we will have to see. That's all the time that we have today. Dylan, where can people find you on social? Handle is Esma underscore Dylan. So E-S-S-M-A underscore D-I-L-L-O-N on Twitter. And that's it. At A-T-L-T Will on Twitter. I'm TV at work on Twitter. Dylan, thank you so much for joining us today. Dylan Esma from uh, the Action Network. He is a soccer contributor there. You can check him out and all the great stuff he does there. And you can check us out on Betting the High Line on Book It Sports. Follow the Book It team at Book It HQ on Twitter, Book It Sports on Instagram. Download the app today. Guys, it has been a pleasure. Have a good one and best of luck. Thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it.